Welcome to In My Own Words, where we stand on our opinion the way black Twitter stands up for black TV shows. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of In My Own Words. I'm your host, Tony R. Sanders. So happy to be here with you guys. This is episode 51. Let's just pause for a second. Can you believe that there's been 51 episodes of this podcast? I know. You just watched 50 like two days ago. But we're back again with another episode. I want to say, with episode 50, I recorded that on, I believe, Wednesday. And it was going to come out that following Monday. And as I started to interact more on Twitter, as I started to uh, just kind of gauge the pulse of what's going on with the people, I decided that it probably wasn't a good idea to release that on Monday. Because here's what I know, and you can say what you want, but I try to study human behavior, and I know that as a people, all the people that were hurting for this Kobe thing, we're at we're getting close to the point where when you bring it up, it just reopens the hurt, right? Sunday, there was a eight, nine, ten hour span where the world just stopped. You know what I mean? Like 1 p.m. to whenever I went to bed, the world just stopped. And then on Monday, you couldn't go 30 minutes without thinking about it. And then Tuesday, you couldn't go an hour without thinking about it. And then Wednesday, you couldn't go an hour and a half. You get what I'm saying? And it went on and on and on and on and on. And now we're at the point where, I don't know, gauge it every four hours. You know, a couple times a day, we're thinking about it. Um, And then we're going to get to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl commercials. And that's going to be the talk of the town. And that's going to give people a great distraction from the hurt and the pain that they feel. And I didn't feel it was appropriate to reopen that wound and start talking about Kobe for another 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Even now, I've talked about him too much. So we're here with another episode. We did a special edition episode, number 50, on Saturday. First time releasing on Saturday, so go check that out if you haven't. And I'm ready to get into some fun stuff. I'm ready to get into some fun stuff. So you know what we have. We have a WOW Award. We got to get into it. Let's do it right now. Okay, let me explain a WOW Award before we get into it. Now, a WOW Award is not a physical award. I'm not sending people an award in the mail. I wish I could because that would be amazing. Can you imagine you getting a box in the mail and (laughs) it's a WOW Award, but you don't know that yet, so you're excited? Like, oh, this guy Tony Sanders is great. He has a podcast. He has a web show. I watch him every week. He sent me this nice little gift. Let me open it up and see what it is. And you open it up. And you learn that you received a WOW Award. A WOW Award is something that I give to people, you know, digitally, spiritually, emotionally. It's the way that I uh, hold people accountable when they choose whackness over wisdom. That's the acronym. It's whackness over wisdom. When you know better, but somehow you still don't do better. If it's one thing that I know from doing sales coaching and leadership coaching and doing sales myself, leading people. There's a difference between what you know 
and what you can execute. You know what I mean? There's a difference between what you know and what you can execute. And the difference is a lot of things. It could be emotional intelligence. That's a big, big, big one, right? It could be just a knowledge and awareness of recognizing when you're in that situation. But there's definitely a gap between what you know and what you can execute. And sometimes people know better and they still choose not to do better because it gets lost in that gap. And that's what the WOW Award is for. It's for those people who know better but just don't do better. Now, this is a debatable one because I thought this person knew better. And then I listened to someone else who would know more than me. And they told me he didn't know better. So let me explain to you what I'm talking about because right now it sounds like I'm being very cryptic and that I I don't want to let you guys in on what I'm talking about. But let me explain to you what I'm talking about. On this show, this very show, there's one topic that I think I've talked about more than anything. And it's not that it comes up often, but when it comes up, it comes up and I go in. I talked about it in episode five. I talked about it in episode 23. Now here we are, 51, and I'm talking about it again. It is the controversy that is 25 years old or more between living single and friends. Now, if you follow me, you know I've set the record straight on this a million times. But here's why it's interesting now. Last week, David Schwimmer, who was one of the stars of Friends, came out in an interview and said that they should do a more diverse version of Friends, right? They should have an all-black version of Friends or an all-Asian version of Friends. Now, in his mind, he probably thought he was saying a good thing, like, oh, man, I'm going to get cool points for this one, or, oh, man, I really think, <laughs> man, let me not say he was doing it for the cool points. Maybe he wasn't doing it for the cool points. Maybe he was doing it because he genuinely felt that. Here's the problem. Living single is the black version of friends. Matter of fact, let me say it more appropriately. Friends is the black version of living single. No. It's not. <laughs> Friends, even I'm confused. Even I'm confused. Friends is the white version of Living Single because Living Single came first. And the studio that wanted to, um, that, that was going to produce Living Single even suggested that Living Single change their names to Friends when they were in production. Right? So, David Swimmer does that. And immediately I speak up. I go dig in the archives and I go find episode five or episode 23 where I talked about this stuff and I put it out and the clip, you know, does really, really well on social. People are sharing it uh, immediately because it's topical and it hits them right in the soul of the conversation. But bigger than that, Erica Alexander, who played Maxine Shaw, attorney at law on the show, spoke out again. And she had something to say. And then Kim Coles, who I love dearly. Kim, if you're watching this, you know I love you. Uh, she spoke out. She did a live video, probably 30, 40 minutes. And she discussed it in a segment of that video. It wasn't the entire video. She talked about some of the wonderful things that she's doing now and how you can join her community and how she's helping people tell their stories, which you guys know. I love that. That's what I want to do with my life is help other people tell their stories while telling my stories. She spoke out about it. And so now it's getting more traction because people who are directly involved in the situation are speaking out saying, hey, we did that first. 
the only reason why Friends is lauded and applauded the way that it is is because from the beginning, it got a better shot. It was on the same studio, but different part of the studio. The production uh, dollars were different, right? The network that it got sold to was different because back in that time, people didn't think a black show would sell. People didn't think a black show would sell. People didn't value black viewership the way that they value it today. Now it's all the rage, right? Now everybody wants to have a black show or uh, the black person in the show to make sure that they represent it that way because the, the, the value of black viewership is going up. But at the time, they didn't think that. I'll give you a good range of like metering and measuring the time that we were in they didn't think that uh, bad boys could work initially with two black guys. So they gave it to two white guys. Those guys ended up not doing it. They gave it to Martin. He went and found another black guy, and they still would not let them promote it overseas because no one wants to watch a black movie. The point that I love that Erica Alexander is making, Friends is not a black, Friends is not a white show. Living Single is not a black show. I'm getting so, com- so <laughs> confused going back and forth on this. Living Single is not a black show. It was a show where the actors happened to be black. Kim made the same point, which I love. There were a lot of people who just identify with six young 20-somethings professionals trying to make it in Brooklyn. And so for David to be that unaware that on the same lot as you, there's a show that's the same show as the one that you're doing, that came out a year before yours came out, that was in production a years before yours came out, for you to be that unaware, you deserve a WOW Award. Listen, one of my biggest fears, right? <laughs> one of my biggest fears, and it sounds like a silly fear to have. I'm not afraid of jumping out of a plane. I did that. I'm not afraid of, you know, doing the skydiving or roller coasters or, you know, I'm not afraid of that kind of stuff. But what I am afraid of is totally losing awareness of how I come off to people. Communication is so important to me and making sure that my message resonates, making sure that people receive me in the way that I intend to be received. That's so important to me that I fear losing awareness and not knowing how I'm coming off to people or not being culturally aware enough in the environment that I am to be able to come off as who I am, not as something else, but as just who I am, right? I fear that awareness. And so it's very important to me to always have people around me that will give me feedback and always be in a mindset to seek feedback, proactively look for feedback, look for those things that I can improve on or maybe that didn't go the way that I expected or maybe that didn't go as planned and look to continually get better because I don't want to be in a position where I completely lack awareness and have no idea how I'm being received. That is exactly where... (laughs) David Schwimmer is. There has to be like a, a threshold, like a dollar amount that once you get to this amount of success or once you get to this threshold, you just lose all awareness. And some people do it well. Like I feel like Will Smith is very culturally aware. David Schwimmer is not. I feel like um, I feel like Cardi B is very culturally aware. Lil' Kim is not. There's something in there. I don't know if it's the years in the game or the people around you, but you lose that awareness. And David Schwimmer, you definitely did that. So we got to give you this wild award. Step up to the podium, receive your award, take it away. You deserve this wow. Oh my God! Wow! All right. 
It's time to do a segment of the show. It's one of my favorite segments. Although we haven't done it in a couple of episodes, it's called I Saw the Sign. I saw the sign, and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Okay, now when I saw the sign, it's the point of the podcast where I give you my bold prediction on what I think is going to happen in the future. Now, I'm recording this on a Friday. The Super Bowl is happening on Sunday. But you're going to hear this on Monday. So the cool thing about these predictions is that when it, when you hear it, when it comes to pass, you'll hear it and you'll know immediately if I'm right or wrong. So I'm going to either sound like an amazing, incredible genius or I'm going to sound like an idiot with these predictions. But you're going to know immediately. Other predictions I've made, you got to wait months, days, weeks, years to find out about it. Not this one. Not today. You're going to know right now as you're watching this, as you're listening to this, as you're experiencing this. Maybe you're watching and listening. Is that weird? Maybe you have YouTube going on on your TV, but it's muted and you have your headphones on and you're listening to it in Spotify and you sync them up perfectly. Is that is that crazy? You like had Spotify on your phone and your remote and you did it on three. One, two, three. Tony like that. Probably not. But. Whenever you're, however you're experiencing this, you're going to know right now if I'm wrong. Okay, so here's my first prediction. This is what I'm seeing the signs on. I'm seeing the signs that the 49ers will lose the Super Bowl. Not only will they lose, I have an exact score for you. I have an exact score for you. The score is going to be 27 to 17 in favor of the Chiefs. Now, I'm going to go even crazier. Here's how I believe it's going to happen. I believe the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to get down early, meaning that the 49ers are going to be winning. They may even score 10 points in a row. They may even get all 17 in a row. But then here comes Patrick Mahomes, the same way he's done before. He's going to turn it on. He's going to put on a show. We're actually going to get in a, an interesting game for probably about three quarters. That's my bold prediction. It's going to be 27 to 17. I need to make sure I put this clip out before Sunday's game. 27, 17, the Chiefs win. Interesting game for three quarters. Travis Kelsey is your MVP. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Mahomes will probably be the MVP. You never know, though. You, you know, they have these MVP things. and these. I see it in the NBA Finals. I see it in the Super Bowl. Sometimes it's a little shaky. If Mahomes does what I think he's going to do, which if he scores 27 points in a row, he has to be the MVP, right? So 27 to 17, I'm giving it to the Chiefs. That is my Super Bowl prediction. Now, I also have another Super Bowl prediction, but it has nothing to do with the game. I am going to say that Planters will have the best Super Bowl commercial. You heard it. Better than Pepsi better than Geico if they're doing one, better than Doritos, I know they're doing one, better than uh, Tide, who's making their return. Tide is classic for Super Bowl commercials. I'm going to go out on a ledge and say, go out on a ledge. That's funny if you know the Planners commercial, <laughs> the, the pre-Super Bowl commercial. I didn't mean to do that. I'm going to go out on a ledge and say that everyone is going to be pleasantly surprised. Now, you may say this isn't a bold prediction because everyone is really, really excited about the planners commercial to see how it turns out. It was the talk of the town. It was the number one topic 
trending that they killed Mr. Peanut. If you haven't saw this commercial, you need to go check it out and see it. Matter of fact, I can insert a clip of it right here. So that got everybody talking, right? But here's the problem, and here's the interesting thing. That came out, it was the talk of the town, and then someone we all know, love, and care about actually passed. In a similar eerie fashion. You know what I mean? So now, the funeral of Mr. Peanut was supposed to air during the third quarter of the Super Bowl, which is a great spot, by the way. I think the game's still going to be great then. Now we have to see how they recover. They stopped running the ad on social. You don't see it anymore as of this recording of the podcast. So we have to figure out how they're going to recover. And I think that the team that's running it, which is Gary Vee's team, it's VaynerMedia, and planners will come together to do something so classic, so unique, and so heartwarming that it'll win everybody else over. Everybody's going to say, you know what? I thought you guys were crazy. I thought you guys were nuts. I thought you guys were the most unlucky brand and the most unlucky uh, media agency to come up with this grand idea and it failed so horribly. But they all turned it around. I'm glad you turned it around. And the reward of seeing it go from here, where it's the talk of the town, to here and everything stops and then rise again, I think is going to give it the best Super Bowl commercial of the year. Mark it down. That's me seeing the signs. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. All right, it's time for my deep dive of the week. We're going to talk about 90s sitcoms because why? I love them. Who doesn't love 90s sitcoms? As a matter of fact, if you don't love 90s sitcoms, I need you to do me a favor. Hit, hit pause and never come back. <laughs> Hit pause and never come back. You don't belong here. This isn't the place for you. Now, I have to tell you that when we talk about 90s sitcoms, I'm limited on the conversation. I could talk about all of them, but I'm limited because I was born in 87. So literally, if something came out in 1990, I would have been three. So don't come to me if I don't mention your show that ran from 90 to 95. And that really you liked, but it wasn't a cultural phenomenon the way that the shows I'm about to name were. Uh, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> okay? This is this is in my own words. If you want a show, you can do it in your own words. But this is in my own words. So, I'm going to talk about, very briefly, some of my favorite 90s sitcoms. You ready? This is in no particular order. And we can even go by lineups. One of my favorite lineups from the 90s was TGIF. You guys remember TGIF? Listen, for TV in the 90s, the best two days of the week to watch TV, and I'll say number three. If I rank in the days, I'll say these are my top three days to watch TV as a kid. Number one was Friday, because you had TGIF. Number two was Thursday, and I'll get into that in a second. And then number three was Saturday. Because you had to get the Saturday morning cartoons, right? I was watching Ninja Turtles, the cartoons, every Saturday. So you got to get this. The reason why Friday was number one, because you had TGIF, and you had shows like Step by Step. Y'all remember Step by Step? Step by Step, day by day. Yeah, I don't know the rest of the words of that song. That, that was a cool show. On the TGIF show list, Like that was probably the lowest one for me. Like If I missed Step by Step, I wasn't mad. I would have been mad if I missed Boy Meets World. 
You got to love Corey. You got to love Topanga. You got to love Sean. You got to love the whole crew, right? You got to love that show. That was an amazing show. Uh, you also had Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Don't sleep on Mr. Cooper. The, the most classic episode to me of Mr. Cooper, actually, is two of them I'll give you. It's the Boys to Men episode. If you don't remember this episode, you got to look up Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Boys to Men. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, the Irving, who's played by uh, Omar Gooden, Cuba Gooden Jr.'s brother, if you didn't know that, he went to a concert and jumped up on the speaker and started dancing, fell off the speaker. The speaker landed on his head, and he was going to sue Boys to Men, who he thought was going to be Boys to Men. It was really the venue who he could sue. Instead of suing them, he agreed to drop the charges if Boys to Men came to perform at the talent show at their school. And so this doofy lawyer (laughs) decides, okay, this kid's an idiot. Yeah, I'll promise him Boys to Men is going to be there. By the time he realizes that Boys to Men is not going to be there, they're going to be halfway around the world, this thing is over, right? And it wasn't like today, kids... You couldn't tweet boys to men and say, hey, you promised me this and start an uproar and cancel them on the Internet. Wasn't like that. Right. The different different type of thing going on, different type of vibe. So when Mr. Cooper realizes that boys to men is not going to show up, the crowd is going crazy. They're they're booing. They want boys to men. And so he he decides to let the lights low, say that boys to men called a rare eye disease. They need the lights low. And him and Irving and Tyler go out and they try to perform as boys to men. Eventually they get caught. Tyrese saves the day. Eh? Fast nine trailer dropped. Did you guys see it? Tyrese saves the day on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. And uh, that was a classic episode. The other one is the Howdy Hat episode. It stars Mr. Cooper, Mark Curry, and Jamie Foxx. The Howdy Hat. Check that out. So that's one show from the 90s that you got to love, Mr. Cooper. Also, the show that anchored the entire TGIF. TGIF wouldn't be what it was without Jaleel White and the crew. Family Matters. Family Matters is an all-time classic show. It still resonates to this day with this generation. My kids love to watch Family Members. Family Members. Family Matters. All nine uh, seasons of the show All of them are classic, even starting from the beginning when Steve wasn't a part of the show and it wasn't his show. And the show was about Harriet because it was a spinoff and she was the main character. Even when they went to the other Harriet, which was weird for a while there, even when Judy just disappeared from the show, (laughs) you just Judy went to her room and never came back. That is hilarious that's the, that's the beauty of tv you can just send someone to their room and just act like they didn't exist you can see a young orlando brown on there when he was like normal and healthy like it's a great show you should check it out that anchored it so that was the number one night for me as a kid in the 90s to watch tv show the number two night was thursday night because you had martin living single and new york undercover now there were times where my parents would let me stay in the room while they watched Martin Living Single. And then New York Undercover normally came on when it was my bedtime. So I could like see Malik Yoba for a second and then I had to go to bed. And I I more so knew Malik Yoba as the guy from Cool Runnings. I'm like, oh, what is Joel Brenner doing in the thing? <laughs> With the, why is he a cop now? He should be in the bobsled team. Um, 
<laughs> so so that was the second best night because I got to watch Martin the Living Single. And it's funny, I realized today as an adult how many of those jokes went over my head. Like when I was watching Martin, I was just thinking about the banter between him and Pam. I wasn't thinking about, um, you know, how sexual the relationship is and how him and Gina, you know, kind of did their thing. I'll tell you, there's another scary but completely different correlation between Martin and Seinfeld. They're both two shows about nothing. But I'm not saying that Seinfeld stole from Martin because he didn't. They're definitely separate shows. The setup isn't the same. But, like, if you look at, you know, George Costanza, body type, he's the same as Cole. Dumb, some of the craziness that he does, he's the same as Cole. Uh, What did Kramer do for a living? What was Kramer's job? I know he had all these weird, wacky inventions, but what was his? Did he actually have a job that we know of that we can confirm? I can't remember. It's a serious, honest question. If you're watching this, then let me know. But not saying that they stole the idea, but it's, you know, very similar. I love how they kind of modeled their real lives a bit. You know, Jerry, you know, ended up getting a sitcom, and Martin ended up getting his own show and having to move to LA. It was interesting. But uh, that was a wonderful show and a wonderful night to watch TV. And then, like I said, on Saturday, you woke up and you got the cartoons. Uh, Other shows that I need to mention, Wonder Years. I love watching that show. Um, Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell was a classic show. came up on NBC. Do you know, fun fact, and then I'll get off of this. Do you know that the original Bayside, was it called Bayside? The original school that they were at when the show was about Miss Bliss, so you got to go back and watch. The show was about Miss Bliss. It wasn't about Zach and his hijinks. I've always wanted to use hijinks. It wasn't about A.C. Slater and his muscles or Jesse. And I'm so excited. It wasn't about that. It was about this teacher, Miss Bliss. And T.C. Carter was there. This was, you know, back when the show first started. And they were in Indiana. Think about that. Think about Bayside being in Indiana. It wouldn't work the same. The aesthetic of the show, they needed to be in Cali. But they started out in Indiana. And that's another good lesson. The fact that Saved by the Bell started out about being about Miss Bliss, a person that wasn't even mentioned on the show after she left, and it was based in Indiana, shows you that there's always room to make progress. There's always room to make your efforts or your product better. And there's never an excuse to not start. Start where you are and work to level up. I say it over and over and over. Start where you are and work to level up. That is my take on some of the greatest 90s TV shows, sitcoms. I'm sure I missed a few, and I'm sure you'll tell me. So I'm waiting to hear from you. All right, last but not least, I want to make sure that I always give you a tip of the week. Make sure that you have something to leave the show with, something tangible, something you can hang on to and implement immediately. And this week is going to be a parenting tip, okay? I got a parenting tip for you. Uh, It's very, very important as a parent that you make sure that your kids, wait a minute, wait for it, has a healthy amount of fear of you as their parent. I'm all for the friend parenting I'm all for the, oh, you know, that's my, my, I tell her everything. I tell my mom everything. And you know what? As a kid, you don't want to hear that, oh, my, I thought that was your sister. You guys look just alike. I don't want to look like a 50-year-old woman. 
I don't want to look like a 50-year-old man. People, man, you look just like your dad. Well, you know what? My dad was born in 64. I was born in 87. I don't want to look like my dad right now. Not right now. When I get to be 55, then, yeah, I want to look like my dad, but not right now. But anyway, that's not even the point. Make sure your kids are a little afraid of you. Just a little. Here's why. With fear comes a certain amount of respect. Now, I'm not saying they're afraid that you're going to hit them. Okay, don't, that's not the type of fear. Even though that could work too, depending on the child. They have to know that they can't mess with you. Like my daughter, my nine-year-old, seven-year-old daughter, was it the nine, seven-year-old daughter, she was, she's the baby, right? She doesn't have the same fear in me as the other ones do. The other ones know that if I need to go crazy, I will go crazy. I will take the door and the hinges off. You know what I'm saying? Like I will go crazy your bed will be in the hallway if you're not cleaning your room i I will go crazy if need be so they have a healthy amount of fear my my seven-year-old when she was a kid she was watching tv she's watching cal you she was sitting there watching it and i wanted to come in and watch the game because i'm a dad and i paid for this tv and you didn't so i'm gonna watch the game so i grab the remote i sit down i watch the game when i tell you that this little baby at three, four years old walked over to me as pretty and as sweet and as precious as she can be and slapped my face off. Like, she slapped me. (laughs) She slapped me with the force of ten men. Like, why are you able to slap me in the face that hard? And I didn't even see it coming. Like, she just squeezed back and just slapped me for changing the channel. And you know what I did? I said, you know what? I'm going to watch TV in my room. I'm going to turn this back. I'm going to turn this back on Caillou for you because for you to hit me that hard with that amount of strength and even just have the courage, you know, the the test, the for, for, for the, 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 I can't even speak about it, the fortitude to be able to come and smack your dad in the face. I remember one time I was plotting on my dad just in a fun way. Me and my cousin were going to run in there and jump on my dad. Because my dad, he was, like, tough. He wrestled and did karate and all these other things. And so my dad's laying in the bed, and he has his arm on his head like this, right? And my cousin says, all right, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go in there. You go first. You jump on him. You're going to take his top half. I'm going to jump on his bottom half, and we're going to hold him down. Now, what we were going to do after we held him down, like, I don't know. We were kids. This is a grown man. But that was our plan. You know, it was going to be funny. I don't know what would tickle him. I don't know what we were going to do. So he went in. We went in the room. He told me to go first. And then this is another note, just a side note. Anytime you're doing something with somebody else and they tell you to go first and it's their idea, don't do it. It's a setup. It's a trap. Don't do it. So I go in and I see my dad and I take off, right? I'm running full speed. I'm a kid. And I jump in the air to land on my dad. My dad, without moving his arm behind his head and not ever looking at me, took the covers off, put both of his feet back, and kicked me in the chest. He kicked me in the chest. I ran from the door to his bed, got airborne. He kicked me right here in the chest. I flew back and landed back by the door. My cousin saw that and took off running back to our room. I have, to this day, a healthy amount of fear for my dad. I'm not messing with that man. No, y'all get him. I ain't getting him. My little brother, 
my baby brothers, my two baby brothers, they got a different relationship. They don't have that healthy amount of fear. They play with them and poke them. And I'm like, y'all don't know. That man crazy. <laughs> Make sure your kids fear you a little bit. Just a healthy amount of fear. Do something crazy. Go home and take all the doorknobs off and keep them in your room. Don't give them to them. Like, do something like that. Take all the light bulbs out and put them in a trash bag and set them on fire in the front yard. Like, just do something for them to know you ain't the one. All right, look, man. <laughs> I got to tell you guys that for me, God is everything. And if you don't know him, you should get to know him. This has been another episode of In My Own Words. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Peace.